0: How's it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio once again for another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. I am joined once again by none other than Ben Gorwitz. Ben, say what's up to the people. How's everybody doing? We got a good show for y'all today. Um, Today is Friday, November 15th. We're back again with the Picks Pod. I had to skip it last week, didn't really have time, but we got time again this week and got a good show for y'all. But first, we're going to start things off with a little bit of college football playoff talk. I know all y'all know Ben's a big Bama fan, that's where he goes for college. So, Ben, you think Bama's still got a shot to get back in the race here?
1: Bama still does have a shot, but they do not control their own destiny, which is where you never want to be in life. So, they need a little bit of help. Uh, I'd say best case scenario for them is they need Auburn to beat Georgia so Auburn can get into the top 10. Um, and that will give Bama their best chance because that will give them the good win that the committee is looking for. Uh, but like I said, it's not in their control anymore. Um, they screwed that
0: up by losing to LSU at home. Yeah, you know, I agree with you completely. I think Bama can still slide in here, but I think it's actually kind of funny. I feel like Auburn controls everyone's destiny. You know, if Auburn comes out here and they're able to beat Georgia and then play respectable or beat Alabama, you know, Oregon probably is going to end up getting in here. Um, I think that there's a good shot. You know, we see a Pac-12 team get in here. That, That entire, you know, time zone's kind of been left out of the playoffs so many years in a row. Um, I definitely think though that Alabama would get in here though over you know a lot of these other one loss teams except for Georgia just because Georgia's ahead of them. But um, also you know kind of a funny question here. Who do you, so if Utah and Oregon both have one loss, they play each other in the Pac-12. We're not going to you know pick who's going to win. But let's say for either team that win here, do you think that both of them would get in if that? Let's say Georgia loses this weekend. Do you think both of them would get in over a one loss Alabama?
1: I personally. Don't think so, because I don't think the Pac-12 as a conference is strong enough to just say that just a conference championship is just better than a one-loss Bama who lost to the best team in the country by five points. I think that, I mean, listen, I'll admit it, I think the committee just loves Alabama. Why would you not? I mean, you want the best four teams in there. It's pretty hard to leave the best coach, you know, that's ever coached a sport out if there's a little wiggle room um i see the committee i still see the committee doing it because i i mean bama may not have those wins i guess if they get one against auburn but like oregon doesn't have many wins either and neither does utah so uh, a one loss pac-12 champion i do not think is automatic over a one loss bama i don't
0: yeah, I'm going to agree with you on the Utah part. I don't think Utah has played a very strong schedule, and I think that that loss at USC is honestly a really bad loss considering in fact USC's third-string quarterback was in there playing the majority of the game. But I could actually make a case that Oregon should go in there even over a one-loss Georgia or Alabama just because if you look at Oregon, they accepted the fact that they play a weak schedule and they were willing to schedule the big dog out of conference with Auburn you know, and play that top-10 team. And I feel like... At the same time, you kind of got a reward organ for realizing, okay, we have a weak conference. We need to schedule someone who's good at a conference. And, you know, that was a game that they pretty much had won. They fumbled on the one-yard line, and then it was like from that moment on, the entire, you know, tide of the game just turned. And, I mean, I think they had like a 65% chance to win the game going into that last drive, and they still couldn't hang on to win it. So... I feel like at the same time you kind of have to reward Oregon, but I also do agree with you. You know, Alabama did lose to arguably the best team in the nation. I mean, if LSU and Ohio State played today, I'd take LSU over them. So I think it's the best team in the nation. I still think that one loss Alabama has a shot. And you know, the, the crazy thing about it is the committee really has never defined like a specific way of picking it. It's kind of just what they're feeling on that very given day.
1: Yeah, and I think the interesting thing with when we bring up Oregon is that they're going to have that common opponent with Georgia and with Alabama Is is, like you said, Auburn. So Oregon had their shot the first game of the season. They played great. I mean, they played well, and they lost, you know, late in the fourth quarter. Um, Georgia has their chance this week uh, to match up against that common opponent, and then Bama gets that chance in two weeks. Two weeks, I believe, or the last week of the season. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how those three teams match up with the one common opponent. Um, The committee – I actually kind of had a problem with the rankings this past week. I, I don't understand Penn State falling um, to nine. I, they fell five spots. Um, I, I don't understand how they're that far. I really don't. They have one loss. It was at number 17 at the time, Minnesota, who's currently undefeated. They've beaten Michigan at home. And I know that a lot of people don't think Michigan's great, but that's a ranked win at home. And they won at a tough Iowa, who Minnesota plays this week. So I didn't understand Penn State dropping five spots necessarily. I think you could have made a case for them being ahead of even Alabama. Um, I'll admit it. I mean, there's some favoritism with Alabama. I'm not blinded. Um, Penn State has an interesting matchup this week. That I, uh, you and I aren't necessarily talking about on the podcast, but it is a noon game against a seven and two Indiana team that nobody mm-hmm. talks about because I mean they don't they're not in the Big Ten race they're not in the national media but Indiana is not an easy team that you just squeak by and they have Ohio State at Ohio State next week Penn State does so they really need to focus in on Indiana this week to make a statement win going into Columbus next week. Um, but I did not necessarily understand the five, five, uh, the Penn State dropping five spots. Um, I mean, I'm looking who's ahead of them, Georgia, Bama, Oregon, Utah, and Minnesota. Well, obviously Minnesota deserves to be ahead of them, but I probably would have put Penn State ahead of Utah and Oregon. So, and probably Alabama, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I agree with you completely, and I mean Penn State too. They beat Pittsburgh out of conference. You know, it's not like that they were playing some cupcake. I mean, Pittsburgh to me is probably the second or third best team in the ACC. They in the Arduzzi's ACC championship game last year. What were you saying?
1: They were in the ACC championship game last year, weren't they?
0: Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. They're and they they have a good chance of going back there again this year. Um, you know, Penn State. I mean, like you said, they beat all these good teams. Indiana's not a pushover either. They beat Indiana this week and, you know, go on to play Ohio State next week. I mean, it, it, Penn State could find themselves right back in the Final Four. You know, I agree with you. I don't think they should have dropped as much. But at the same time, in my ranking, I had the same first three, and then I had Oregon and then Georgia and then Penn State at six. So that was kind of how I had to change up. I still actually had Penn State in front of Minnesota. And, you know, even if Penn State is able to beat Ohio State in Indiana, they get a chance to revenge themselves against Minnesota, which, I mean, they almost came back and won that game. They just played sloppy at the beginning, realistically. They started bad and couldn't catch up.
1: Which is what's interesting for me, and I was, you know, watching with a couple of buddies when the playoff show came out Tuesday. And for Bama to even have a chance, they needed to be four or five, and they needed to be ahead of Oregon Mm -hmm. or Utah. And the fact that the committee put Alabama ahead of Oregon and Utah shows to me that they I mean, I think it's obvious. Bama is a better team than Oregon and Utah. I I don't know anyone that would say differently. Um, So I think the committee put the better team ahead. But if they're supposed to pick the best team at the moment, it's Oregon has a better chance to get in than Alabama because they have a chance to win a conference championship. Bama does not control their own destiny. Um, so the fact that they put Bama at five proves to me that they would like to see Bama in there if Bama's given the chance. I mean, because we know this. Like, if Georgia if Georgia loses to Auburn, I mean, who what you're gonna have Oregon jump Alabama? Like, that's not gonna happen. Alabama would be right back in there. So uh, I think the committee made a statement this week. I really do.
0: Yeah, I agree with you completely. I mean, Alabama at the end of the day, they take care of Auburn. Georgia, they pretty much need Georgia to lose to LSU or to Auburn here. So I think Alabama's got a great shot to get in. Let's go ahead and jump into these games here. And let's start with, you know, the only other un- unbeaten team that we haven't talked about yet that has a shot to slip in here. And that is Baylor. They host number nine uh, Oklahoma this week. Um, they're ranked number 13 right now. The spread is Oklahoma minus nine. Um, who do you think is going to win this game? And also, what do you think it would take to see Baylor get into the Final Four?
1: Uh, I mean, I think Baylor needs to go undefeated and beat Oklahoma. Mm. Uh, I mean, Oklahoma hasn't clinched yet, but most likely beat Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship. So they're going to have to beat Oklahoma twice, uh, but specifically go undefeated and win the Big 12. Uh, I don't think the odds of, hap- of that happening are very high. Uh, Baylor's undefeated. I'm going to give them credit. But at the same time, they just went to triple overtime against a TCU team. Uh, They went to overtime against another team this year. Uh, I can't think of who right now. Uh, The key to me is if Oklahoma can keep Jalen Hurts upright, they win this game, I think, pretty easily. Um, We were talking before, you said Baylor's top tackler's out. He's been out. Um, I think Jalen Hurts, this is just, I mean, they need this win. I think he shows up. the only chance Baylor has is to keep him contained in that pocket, and that's pretty pretty hard to do. So I'm going with Jalen in Oklahoma.
0: Yeah, you know I agree with you. I think that Baylor's gonna have to win out, and you know I wouldn't be shocked even if that an undefeated Baylor team still got left out. I mean they played SF, Austin, UTSA, and Rice as their out of conference opponents. That's probably the weakest out of conference one of the weakest out of conference schedules I've seen. It looks about like Georgia's does, <laughs> but um anyway. I think that they I actually, actually think Baylor will cover the spread here. I don't think they can win this game outright though. Baylor to me is more of a low scoring team. Oklahoma, you know, they like to march up and down the field. I think Baylor's gonna backdoor this game late. Also teams that are undefeated home dogs after week ten since nineteen eighty two or later. They are um, 15-4 and against the spread. That's 78.9%. So that's a nice little trend there that's working in their favor. But I think that Baylor here, that they'll end up backdooring this game. I don't think they'll win this game outright. I think they'll come out motivated, though, that they're the underdog. But I just think Oklahoma, they don't play complimentary football. Their defense gets tired because they don't run the football enough. And, you know, their defense is out there for so many damn plays. I think Baylor will end up backdooring it. But I like Oklahoma to win this, like, 38-30.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting um – the way that college football and some of the powerhouse teams play now, um, Bama's in that same category. Bama's defense is on the field, seems like 80% of the game. I mean, Bama and Oklahoma and Ohio State and Clemson, they are the offenses that score in four plays or less, it seems like, which makes it tougher on their defense. And Oklahoma has... A horrendous defense. I mean, I'm not even gonna put it lightly. I mean, people were I was hearing rumors of uh Alex Grinch, their new DC maybe getting looked at for head coaching jobs when you know the first four or five games. Yeah uh going into the Texas game where their defense was looking good. Well they've given up forty points in back to back games. I think they just gave up forty eight this last week. Um so they look horrendous on defense. Um I I mean like I said I think the offense needs to help the defense. I think Offense needs to look for more 8-12 to play drives, which is pretty hard to do when you have C.D. Lamb and Jalen Hurts. Um, But I agree with you. I I think Baylor has a chance to cover this game, especially late, but I'm taking Oklahoma to win outright.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you on that one completely. I think that's about how this game's going to end up going this weekend. Um, let's move here now to, this is, the big, this is the biggest game of the weekend. I mean, we got number four UGA at number 12 Auburn. This one is Georgia's three-point favorite on the road. Um, I'll start off with this one here. I'm taking Auburn plus three, and I think they win straight up in this one. I've seen much worse Georgia teams going to Jer- Jordan-Hare and get upset. It seems like it's a magical place. You know, we saw the, um, the crazy Nick Marshall pass that worked against Georgia. We saw the uh, kick six. I mean, The prayer Jordan Harris, they call it. We mean, we've seen so many crazy things happen in that Georgia team that lost to Alabama on the two a pass. You know, they went in there and lost. I don't think this game sets up well for Georgia. I don't think they have a dynamic of enough of an offense. Um, I think Auburn ends up winning this game in a tight one, 24 20.
1: I think it's a battle between the play callers. Um, And I know that the players end up playing the game, but I mean, it's a battle for me. Can Bo Nix make enough plays? And he has played better at home this year. Uh, I mean, Georgia's got one—the best, if not one of the best defenses in the country. They've not allowed a rushing touchdown all year. Um, it's can Bo Nix make enough plays versus can Fromm make enough plays? Um, I Fromm—I say this every week. Fromm's got the ability. Georgia doesn't let him. I don't understand why. I've never understood why. Um, I expect a low-scoring game. Um, you said twenty four twenty eight. I mean, that's pretty low scoring for a big time SEC matchup. I like Auburn outright too. Um, I think being at home really helps the young quarterback. Mm-hmm. I expect this to, you know, Auburn just rely on that defense. I mean, I, I seriously wouldn't be shocked if it's zero zero at the end of the first quarter. But I think it. I think it could take a while for these two offenses to figure what to do. I really do. Uh, Georgia's best offensive threat, Lawrence Cager, has been banged up. Um, he's playing, he's listed as probable, but how healthy is he? Because the two games he did not play this year were South Carolina in Athens, Georgia lost, and Kentucky in Athens. It was a monsoon, and Georgia had the worst offensive performance of the year. Um, so without him, I don't know what Georgia does. They have plenty of weapons, they don't seem to use them. Um I'm taking Auburn to win outright. I think the home crowd helps. I think the defense is nice. And I think Bo Nix has a little magic in him.
0: Yeah, I agree with you completely. That's gonna be a fun one to watch. I mean, like you told me earlier, we're gonna be by the TV early and often watching this one. It's gonna be a fun one to watch. Um, it holds, you know, big playoff implications as well. Um, let's go now to number nineteen, Texas playing at at Iowa State. Who's currently unranked? Iowa State is a seven point favorite, believe it or not. Um, what are you thinking about this one?
1: So I'm a um, for the people that are listening that don't watch. A lot of Big Twelve football, or who may not watch the big team, or the um, who only watch big teams. Brock Purdy is a fantastic quarterback mm-hmm. for Iowa State. Um, I'm a little shocked that it's is it Iowa State minus seven? Yeah. Um, I mean, to me, it's gonna can Ellinger limit turnovers? I, I mean, Ohio, Iowa State uh, they play really well at home. Um, like I like Brock Purdy a lot, but I like Texas and I guess we're gonna call it an upset here. Um, I'll, I'm taking Texas plus seven.
0: Um, as much as I want to take Texas plus seven in this one because you know Texas they're seven and one in their last eight straight up against Iowa State and they're six and one in their last seven at Iowa State. So you know they pr- pretty much what that says is that they've dominated Iowa State. I think Matt Campbell's done a great job turning this program around. This is also your know your classic unranked team, or your ranked teams an underdog to the ranked to the unranked team, which is you know definitely catches your eye a little bit there. I can't remember what the trend was. I remember you told it to me. What do you remember what the trend was?
1: I remember it being big time in favor for the unranked team at home.
0: Yeah, I know it's still pretty much the same way. That's what's scaring me away from backing Texas in this game, but seven points is a lot here, especially with Sam Ellinger, and we know how good Tom Herman is as an underdog. I've said it hundreds of times how good he's done as an underdog, as head coach. He's the kind of guy you want in the underdog spot. Um... I wouldn't bet on this game, but if I had to, I mean, I'd have to take Texas with the points here. I just feel like that this Texas team, you know, they're resilient. They still got something to play for here. They want to go to a decent bowl game. Iowa they State, still you know, hasn't it. quite been the season they want. Matt Campbell might be out the door. Heard him linked to a lot of different schools. So I'm going to have to go with Texas here, but I mean, I wouldn't sleep on Iowa State at all. I wouldn't bet on this one, period, if I were y'all.
1: Texas has a slim chance at a Big 12 championship still.
0: Mm hmm. Um,
1: so, I mean, they need everything that they can get that their schedule offers. So, I think Tom Herman realizes that. I think Ellinger realizes that. And they need a big-time performance. So, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Ellinger, um, especially in big games. I tend to favor him. I think that he shows up in a lot of big games. I really do. Uh, he's played – I mean, I know that Oklahoma's defense is not great, but he's played well against Oklahoma in his career. Uh, he beat them last year. Uh, I thought he played just, you know, I thought he played pretty well against um, LSU to start the year. Considering how everyone else has played against LSU, um, I just I I like Herman. I, I like Herman as the underdog. Uh, you bring that stat up, I think I'll, almost every time we do Texas games. So I'm riding with Herman and Ellinger.
0: Yeah, you know, I feel like there's no way you can go against Herman with how good he's been as an underdog. I like him a lot too, so you know, I'm 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 with you on this one. I'm not playing it, but if I did, it'd be Texas for sure. Um, Michigan State at number 15, Michigan. That's another huge rivalry game. Obviously, Michigan State. You know, that was a heartbreaking loss they had last week. Find themselves 13 and a half point underdogs. Which way are you going with this one, Ben?
1: So Harbaugh is two and two against Michigan State. Um, Obviously, that's not great. Uh, we know he's 0-4 against Ohio State. Uh, Michigan is rolling. Uh, we talked about it um, at the, since the second half of the Penn State game. They've been playing a lot better football. Um, I'll say this. If, if it's low scoring at halftime, Michigan, Michigan is in trouble. Uh, I, to me, Michigan State is that school that if you let them hang around, they will eventually capitalize in that fourth quarter. Um I don't expect Harbaugh to let this one slip. Um, he had the head. That uh, do you remember the in this game the the punt that was lost was that this game mm-hmm. this rivalry? Um, I expect Michigan to come out early and to be focused. Um, they're hot right now. I- I'm staying with Michigan.
0: Yeah, Michigan State looks absolutely awful. They can't move the ball whatsoever. I mean, that, that loss last year was just pathetic. I mean, they pretty much ran away with that game. Lou he gets hit in the head, comes back in, throws that horrible interception. I'm completely out on Michigan State. This is a team that I thought would be decent this year. They are 10-1 and in their last 11 against the spread against Michigan, that one non-cover being last year. I personally think Michigan's the better team here. Like you said, Harbaugh's got them rolling. I think Michigan might put a decent little fight up against Ohio State as well. All that being said, I'm gonna have to go with um, with uh, Michigan here minus the 13 and a half. I think it's Michigan or don't play it. Um, I'm trying to pull up with the. Let me see what the under is here. Um, the under is currently at 45. I definitely like the under in this game. I think Mich- it's going to be a run-heavy game. I, I wouldn't be shocked I, if Michigan I, State gets goose-egged this game. I
1: wouldn't I would I wouldn't expect Michigan State to contribute on the points. They uh, Pascal Beers, their offense has not really been relevant.
0: Yeah, I would, I would say not really been relevant a nicer way of putting it. Yeah. So. <laughs> 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 they definitely can't move the ball at all, but let's keep moving here. We got number eight, Minnesota, at number 20, Iowa. Iowa's the favorite at minus three. Which way are you going in this one?
1: It's, this is an interesting game because, like we talked about earlier, uh, Minnesota's coming off. Uh, that might be the biggest win in program history in a while. Um, and that might be far fetched. I mean, but coming off a big win against Penn State, um, Iowa's favorite in this game. Uh, Iowa is a really strange team. They're like a step above Michigan State to me, and so far below everyone else. Uh, they love the low-scoring game. Iowa. Um, the, this is in a tough environment. It's not easy to play there. Um, like I, you call it a trap game, but it's but they're playing a ranked team, so it's not like a true trap game. I would not be shocked if it's low-scoring. I trust P.J. Fleck. I am a huge P.J. Fleck fan, uh, the coach of Minnesota. I'm looking at their schedule. They got at Iowa this week. Then they have a little bit of a trap game at 1-8 Northwestern. I don't see them having a problem with that. Then they are home against ranked Wisconsin. Wisconsin may seven 7-2, but they're not even that good. Minnesota has a good chance. This is their toughest game this week. I think they get it done. Ooh. But I, I don't think they finish the year undefeated. I think Northwestern or Wisconsin trips them up. I think they get this done late in the game.
0: Okay. I'm actually going the other way from you. This is our first real crossfire of the show. I'm actually going to go with Iowa minus three in this game. I was five and oh, straight up when playing Minnesota at home. They're six and one straight up their last seven playing Minnesota. I mean, you kind of expect that though. I mean, this is like you said, you know, PJ Flex brought this program to completely new heights than they've ever been to before. Ultimately, though, my biggest thing. Is that I just feel like that Minnesota's in a letdown spot, you know, coming off a big win. I mean, they could say, you know, they could try to flip it as a motivational factor. I mean, like you said, though, it's the biggest win in program history. Iowa, their losses have all come down to like two, three, four points. You know, they've been very tight games or so they've been on a game-winning drive. The offenses look stagnant at times this season, but I look for them to get Sargent going and kind of run the football a little bit more and take the ball out of Stanley's hands. I think I think it's gonna be a tight one, but I think Iowa's gonna end up pulling it out. I just felt like that, you know, Penn State. They moved the ball up and down the field. They just turned the ball over, and it was just kind of like everything went Minnesota's way in that game. I don't see it happening two weeks in a row. I think Iowa gets them this week. Also, playing at Iowa is a very, very, very tough place to play.
1: Yeah, it's loud there. Uh, I just, I like Iowa as a team. Um, I mean, their coach has been there forever. He knows exactly what that uh, what he needs from his uh, players and program and fans and atmosphere. Um, I think Iowa has a very good chance this week. Uh, I. I just don't know if they have enough offense. I I mean, Stanley's not that impressive to me. Uh, I agree with you. I think they need to play smash mouth. I think they need to run the football. Um, I mean, if they can't run the football, I, I don't think this – I think it could get ugly. Um, Minnesota's going to have to create some turnovers, like they did against Penn State. Uh, but – if Minnesota goes up by double digits, I think that they're in the driver's seat for the rest of the game. I don't see Iowa as a big comeback kind of offense. So Minnesota's going to have to come out firing on all cylinders uh, as soon as that whistle uh, kick is you know, kicked off. I, I just trust P.J. Fleck for now. I don't think they have a chance if they eventually when they eventually get Ohio State. But for now, I think that they have a solid team and a solid program and a very good chance on the road as the better-ranked team to come out as an upset. So I'm picking Minnesota for now.
0: Yeah, you know, I think Iowa can't afford to fall behind by double digits in this game. They fall behind by double digits. This game, as good as over, they can kiss it goodbye, you know. So I'm definitely with you on that side of things. I think Iowa, though, they're going to come out strong, play a good game, kind of like they did against Penn State here. I think Iowa's going to win, you know, by – 21-17 or something like that. I don't expect a, lot, I expect a lot of punting to go on in this game. It's going to be a sloppy one for sure. Um, let's flip things now over to the NFL as we've covered all the big college games. Um, NFL-wise, we only did two games this week. There's not a whole lot of great games. And besides, I want to discuss the playoff a little bit. It's getting late in the season now. So let's go with the first one here. This is the Patriots at minus 3.5 on the road at Philadelphia. Um, which way are you looking to go in this one, Ben? I
1: think this is a big game. Um, For the Patriots Um, Obviously coming off their first loss of the season Playing against A team who took a Super Bowl away from Tom Brady Um, Difference is Philadelphia had a better quarterback playing in the Super Bowl Than they do now Uh, I'm a big Nick Foles fan Over Wentz I don't have anything against Wentz I think he's good I don't know if he's a winner um, As much as Foles is I think New England treats this as a revenge game um, when they were playing Baltimore and their defense was getting thrashed in that first quarter, you saw the leader, one of the leaders of the defense, Dante Howard, absolutely tear a new one into their defense. I don't see their defense slipping up as much as they did against Baltimore to start this game. And, I mean, you know me. I For me to pick against Brady is, it's got to be something. Um, the fact that it's in Philly gives me hope, but I'm going with the Patriots outright
0: yeah this one's tricky to me just because i feel like that i don't want to be on the wrong side of the eagles new england is two and eight against the spread in their last 10 games against philadelphia Um, philadelphia is off a bye here but at the same time i really haven't been that impressed with what i've seen from carson wentz the eagles have played better here as of late i still don't know though if this eagles team is really as good as we thought they were i think they're still a playoff team and i still like them more than i like dallas but I feel like this is like a 9 and 7, 10 and 6 football team, you know, and this is going to be another tough game. I wanted to pick I want to pick Philadelphia so badly here. I think I might have to go with the Patriots though, you know, they're coming off that loss and everything by week, like I said. I feel like Belichick's gonna have them ready to go. The thing is, though, the run game hasn't been great for them. The Eagles have been really good at stuffing the run, and you know they've been that defense is real good against the run. It's I don't know if Brady can march them up and down the field. I think this is gonna be kind of a weird game, but gun to my head, I mean, like you said, you can you really go against Brady? Uh,
1: I I don't go against them very often. Uh, the one time I chose against them was when I picked with my. Hart in the Falcons, and we know how that one turned out. Um, yeah, yeah it, it, Wentz. I mean, Wentz has had some banged up receivers all year long. Um, they have two good running backs to help him, and Jordan Howard and um, uh, Miles Sanders. I just, I think the Patriots' defense gets to Wentz. I, I think that they, I think that they get to him. I think that they are going to put pressure on him. You said the Eagles are coming off a bye. Well the Patriots are coming off a loss, which is pretty much a buy. Because they will change everything that they need to change. Um, like you said, they they kind of need to get Sony Michelle. I mean, they need to get him clicking again. But, I mean, if their running game's not doing it, then guess what? You put the ball in Brady's hands and you know, I'll put the ball in Brady's hands and he <laughs> with my life on the line, you know, he's the best to ever do it. So I don't pick against Brady.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Plus with how bad that Eagles secondary is, I see Brady picking them apart easily. I see him, Edelman, Sanu having a big time day there. Um, let's go to the last game here on the NFL slate we're going to cover. It's another great one. By the way, I'm kind of pissed off that neither of these games are Sunday night football. Instead, that we have Chicago versus the Rams. But Houston is at Baltimore this week. The spread is Baltimore minus four. Which way are you going in this one?
1: If this is a interest like I mean this is this is giant against really good Houston is that team that is really good I just why can't they get over the hump they got one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL they have weapons around him in in my opinion the second best receiver uh you can make a case that he's best receiver in, uh, in the NFL and DeAndre Hopkins they have a like they have a solid run game they're more balanced this year than they've ever been. Uh, with Bill uh, with Bill O'Brien as the head coach, they gotta keep Watson upright in this game. And like you, you had an interesting tweet earlier that something about Deshaun hasn't lost by more than seven since high school. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I'm gonna say this is a close game until Watson breaks that trend. Um, <laughs> ba- Baltimore was actually my preseason pick to play the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. So I've been high on Baltimore all year long. Um, I love that they brought in Earl Thomas. Their their secondary took a hit with, uh, I think Jefferson is out for a period of time. if not out for the year. Um, Their defense is nasty. It is not a defense that you want to go up against late in the year. I I mean, I think they get better and better. Lamar is making an MVP case. Uh, He's got to be either first or second. Uh, right there with Russell Wilson um I like the Baltimore Ravens at home because I trust Lamar and the defense more than I trust Houston's defense to get multiple stops I think Deshaun's a stud and I think that he gets his points in this game I, I I like Baltimore I really do
0: yeah I'm actually gonna go the other way on this one once again um I I just feel like Houston with the four points here that you got to take the four points. You know, Deshaun Watson plays to his opponent's level every single week. Um, I mean, Lamar and the Ravens have looked absolutely unstoppable. Who's to say this Houston can't even stop them again? I think it's going to be a high scoring affair, kind of a shootout. Um, ultimately, I think the Ravens will win this game straight up, but I just look for Deshaun Watson to move the ball up and down the field, and you know, do his thing. He's supposed to be getting Will Fuller back as well, which him and DeAndre Hopkins put together. You know, that's a scary tandem, one of the best tandems in the league. Um, I think there's going to be no shortage of offensive output, like I said. Um, I don't know if that if the Houston can win this game outright, but I definitely think they can come in here, put the points up, and keep this game within the number.
1: I, I think a big loss that. Uh, for Houston in a matchup like this to where uh, Baltimore, if they're not running between tackles with uh, Mark Ingram, they like to get to the outside. Mm-hmm. I think a big loss is the fact that JJ Watt is not there. And also Clowney's not there. He's on Seattle now. I think that if you had Watt and Clowney on the outside to set the edges, I think, you know, maybe this is a different conversation. Um, Watt plays with such high intelligence that like, like, to not have him set in the edge is is a big loss when you're playing against Lamar Jackson because if he gets the edge on you, I mean, you blink and he's spinning past you, running past you, hurtling. He's doing something. Um so I think that's a big loss for the Houston defense. I agree with you. I think Houston keeps up in the point category for a while. Um Deshaun is great. I mean, I got nothing bad I, I want to say something bad about Deshaun, but I got nothing bad to say about him. He's He's a great guy. Uh, he's got a great character. He's a great leader. He's a phenomenal quarterback. Um, I'd put him top five in the game. I, re- I mean, I, I'm starting a team. He's he's up there in the quarterbacks that I'm taking. Um, I I see this being in the 30s, um, which which is pretty high for an NFL game. I, I just like that Baltimore's home.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's it's gonna be tough to go into Baltimore and win this game. Ultimately, I just feel like the Deshaun Watson. The bigger the game, the better he plays. Like I can't remember really the last time I ever turned a game off and was like, "Wow, I could Deshaun Watson could have played better." I mean, even when he threw three picks against Pittsburgh and lost, at the same time, you know, he still scored. I want to, or they still scored like forty-four points or something like that. I mean, realistically, he's doing his job. The defense has got to get some stops. Ultimately, I mean, I agree with you. I think not having Watt changes the entire game. So. I think Houston's going to be able to keep it within the number, like I said, but I just don't see them being able to win this game outright. Baltimore's just going to be too good at home. But, Ben, I think we pretty much covered everything. You got anything else you want to say before we get out of here?
1: Uh, I'd say Tuesday when the college football rankings come out, um, pay really close attention um, to how the chips fall. Um, Obviously, I can't predict the future, but uh, whatever happens this week, um, it's going to be really interesting to see – the teams that still have a chance to see what rank they are to see if the committee gives them a chance or not. Um, That'll be interesting to me. I mean, there's some teams who cannot afford to lose at all. I mean, real quick, do you think Minnesota can lose and still have a chance?
0: I say no, but at the same time, if they were to beat Ohio State, I wouldn't count it out. But at the same time, you know, I would kind of use the argument who's Ohio State really even played, you know. Ohio State really had not played anybody yet. They have all well, they their cards games got the ahead tough of them.
1: Schedule, they got a tough schedule in the back half because they still have Penn State and they still have Michigan, and then we think they still have Minnesota in the Big Ten Championship game. So three of their last four games will be tough. Um It'll be interesting. I think the SEC is in good shape with Bama being ahead of Oregon uh, and Utah. I think the Big Ten is in trouble. I think the Big 12 could be in trouble. If, if If you're looking at Baylor as your best case scenario, you're in trouble. I think.
0: Yeah, plus the Big 12's kind of already gotten its chance and they haven't really done much with the chances they've gotten, so... I definitely agree with you. I think they're about done. So, um, you know, at the end of the day here, I, I, th- I think that it's it's, it's going to be fun, you know, to see what happens here. Auburn controls a lot of these teams' destinies. So they, they control Georgia's, Alabama's, and they also control Oregon's and pretty much the whole Pac-12. So it's going to be weird to see what happens here. I think ultimately, though, the SEC will end up getting two teams in the playoffs. So that being said, Let's get out of here, Ben. Um, good luck to your Tide this week. Um, let's hope. Let's. I know you are hoping for an Auburn upset. I am kind of hoping for one too. I want to see some chaos. So,
1: actually, actually, real quick, um, don't bet on the Bama game just yet. There is a chance that Tua does not play at all. Um, I would say this: if you can get a, if you can get him at a teaser, maybe a ten and a half. I think that's solid, but seventeen with Mac Jones uh I mean he's great I mean they're gonna win this game it's it's Mississippi State for crying out loud but don't be shocked if Tua doesn't play much
0: yeah actually the under is my strongest play in, of the week in this game and I'm also uh rocking with a little Mississippi State plus 18 and a half so I'm 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 feeling Tua is not going to be in there too much I'd be shocked if he actually starts this game so
1: he has not really practiced this week he is yeah. he's been sore every day except for yesterday. He was very limited in
0: practice. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I just I, I don't I don't think Alabama is a good play this week but I mean they'll be ready to go when it comes time for these big games up on their schedule. but Ben appreciate you coming on once again and we'll keep on doing this thing every Friday so we can knock out these the, everything until college football you know is pretty much set.
1: Yeah man, thanks for having me again.
0: No problem. hey, we'll see you guys. appreciate everyone for tuning in. until then peace.